1: Hey guys, on today's episode we are going to be talking about the Commander 2015 decks, but before we get there, let's talk about our sponsor for the show which is Loot Crate. Yes, we've talked about Loot Crate before. I've known Matthew and the guys that run this company for a very long time. Like I've said to you guys before, they've helped us out on numerous fundraising campaigns for both Video Game High School and for my personal project, Band-Aid. I love these guys. I've known them for a long time and they're here to provide a service to you guys. It's basically a subscription service for under $20 a month for a box filled with sweet, exclusive collectible gear from all sorts of different parts of pop culture. This month, they are doing combat so they have items from blizzard from fallout 4 capcom the hunger games etc there's lots of stuff inside each of these boxes they always try to aim to put about 40 dollars worth of gear inside each box so you're getting it for less than 20 dollars a month and if you guys go to lootcrate.com command and enter the code command you can actually save three dollars on a new subscription and to get this month's combat themed box basically go and sign up you have until november 19th at 9 p.m pacific time all right let's get on with the episode
0: Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone. Your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay.
1: Ready, steady, ready, steady, go.
2: I don't even remember how that song goes either. I know Tom Cruise was like being a hitman. While yeah, I was going
1: ready, steady. It's for it's in a Collateral. collateral right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we know how that movie goes, and it's great. Tom Cruise has blonde hair. That is not collateral. Oh yeah, Tom Cruise looks crazy in that movie. Yeah, he
2: was crazy. Well, he's crazy in real life, actually.
1: Uh, Really? I had no idea. I've never seen anything that would ever lead me to to believe that Tom Cruise is not a perfectly sane... Is it part of the
2: show, or is it not part of the show?
1: We kind of started with a song. Usually we start with like a musical thing. Well, we didn't tell Terry to cut it out, so I guess it's part of the show. (laughs) Hey, everybody. How's it going? You are listening to The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong.
2: How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. Hooray!
1: We're here, and Commander 2015 spoilers are all over the place.
2: So awesome!
1: Yeah, as of the recording of this video, we have 52 out of the 55 spoilers known which is really exciting.
2: And we sort of know what two of the ones that are missing are because they're part part of of cycles. I mean, we don't know what they do, but we know what they are. Maybe we could make a little predictions and see where they... Okay. That'd be fun. Just because they are cycles, you know? Yeah. It it might be possible to do some conjecture.
1: Yeah. Uh, And there's also a bunch of really exciting reprints. We announced our spoiler card in our last episode, right of the Raging Storm, uh, which was really sweet. Uh, I'm glad that we got to you know (laughs) be on top of that one ourselves get one get one for the old command zone that's right that's (laughs) right
2: that's like our fourth fourth spoiler card
1: i think it's our fourth yeah because we had uh uh, impact uh something resonance Resonance from the c14 yeah then we had um great aurora great aurora and then we had sanctum of ugin no no Uh, (laughs) wait it was one of the it's (laughs) sanctum though sanctum was it not Sanctum of
2: Ugin? It might be Sanctum of Ugin. It's a Sanctum. Because... It was Sanctum of Ugin. Okay. Yeah yeah, 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 I was just watching it earlier today. And then like, we had nah. right of uh, the, the Raging left of the, Storm. Left of the Raging Storm. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh,
1: so today, we are just going to basically take a first look at Commander 2015. Um, we will do full reviews of the decks when they come out, and we like to do this thing where we also show you how you can upgrade the deck, what it will fit into,
2: and cards you can buy and get to sort of, like, you know, pimp out your whatever. And you, even if you don't, like, maybe which of the legendary creatures you might run as the mm-hmm. general, and maybe if you just want to switch out a few cards or just, you know, what you think about maybe when you're playing it. So yeah. we will definitely do all of those when the entire spoiler is known for, like, the full deck list.
1: Yeah, which is really exciting because there's tons of cards that we don't know that are going to be in the set. There are 55 uh, new commander cards, but across each of those decks, I mean, I'm pretty sure we'll see a soul ring and a command tower in each of them, but we have no idea what the other cards are going to be yeah
2: there's at least another 300 cards or so we don't know yeah very exciting i mean like you said they might share some cards so maybe it's not that many but there's going to be a lot so yeah Yeah. oh man i hope there's some awesome reprints There are probably not all the ones ones that we predicted
1: yeah i'm still waiting on that sort of cycle you know pretty sure pretty sure a thousand (laughs) percent on that one uh followed by uh i guess uh uh
2: don't Ga- say it, because I got in trouble for Ga- like
1: ra- for like
2: going to Magical ra- Christmas ra- Land ra- and asking bye, for yeah. baby
1: in Gaia's cradle. <laughs> <laughs> gone, baby, gone. That is your street cred, Josh. There, there after. you go. There you go. Now
2: we're getting more emails and people saying like, yeah. why don't you guys be like realistic?
1: I like how emails uh, that's like the next step. It's like we get a tweet, it's like, yeah, sure, you can tweet, but we get an email, like, someone sat down and typed out, like, 12 paragraphs, <laughs> at com and told
2: us, hey, you guys, come on, get real. Uh, anyway. We do get nice ones, too, so I shouldn't complain. We get yeah. a lot of, like, people that are saying they love the show, and And blah, blah, we so.
1: fully appreciate the ones that disagree with us, too, because if you didn't disagree with us, well, the show would get really boring really fast.
2: I love that people have very, they just have tons of passion for this game, which yeah. is great. I agree with that. Okay we have passion for it right we do I, I, I think so i would hope so so the first thing we want to talk about is the new legendary creatures yeah so there are they have there's usually 3 uh per con deck mm-hmm. we know 2 of them right now usually there's two new ones and a reprint yep. so we're assuming it's going to be the same we don't know for sure maybe there'll only be 2 maybe there'll be 4 we don't know but we do know that we've got two new brand new never before seen Legendary creatures per color pair. Enemy colored pairs. So 10 total right now. 10 total right now. sick. So cool. Pretty sweet. And they fall into two categories right now. So we're going to talk about them in those categories. So the first category is the experience counter- yeah,
1: Generals. so experience counters, if you guys don't know, we, this is spoiled when we talk about Calumny, the red-white commander. They're essentially a counter that you get as a player, similar to how you might get an infect counter, uh, and these experience counters all increase in different ways, and each of these commander cards uh, will tell you basically on the card how you get another experience counter, and those experience counters matter for different reasons. So Yeah, they,
2: the, the commanders both give you the experience counters or enable you to get them, and they care about them. Yeah. So how many you have? Um, Well, let's just go through, and we can just talk about each one a little bit. Again, we're not going to go super in-depth because we will save that for when we actually do the reviews of each deck, but we will talk about them a little here because it's exciting. Yeah,
1: it's very exciting. So first up, we have Daxos the Returned. Now, you guys may remember Daxos uh, as not being a guy with a creepy golden mask on. Um, Before, he used to be blue-white. And he used to have a big sword, but now he is an enchantment guy. He uh, is one black-white for a legendary creature, Zombie Soldier. Uh Uh-oh, he died and came back. He's a 2-2. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, you get an experience counter. So Daxos cares how many enchantments you cast. And for one black and white, also his casting cost. put a white and black spirit enchantment creature token onto the battlefield. It has this creature's power and toughness are each equal to the number of experience counters you
2: have. So a couple things to note. One is that... You don't have to tap Daxos to do this. So if you have six mana available to you, you could make two. Mm-hmm. Um, this seems pretty dang good. Yeah, and
1: he's very cheap as well. Anytime time a general uh, costs three mana or less. Uh,
2: I think it's you should always take note. And all of the generals with the experience counters are four mana or less. They're all cheap, although mm-hmm. Daxos is the cheapest. And that makes sense to me because the way that experience counters work, it would be kind of silly to have one that costs seven mana. Yeah. Because by the time you get it out, how many more cards are you even going to play that could give you experience counters? So you sort of need to get these guys out early before you play your other cards because presumably your other cards are going to get you experience counters in the way whatever General wants. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, Daxos, it's pretty obvious. You just want a lot of enchantments. Yeah, enchantment matters.
1: Um, so we're going to also, for each of these commanders, talk about some cards that you could play in the deck. That would be very good.
2: Yeah, just sort of the first ones that come to mind for us. You know, you probably think of different ones, and we'd love to hear from you on Twitter or in the comment section mm-hmm. or over email um, about what crazy, awesome things that you see when you see the mechanics for each of these generals. Um, yeah, the first thing I thought of was Sigil of the Empty Throne. Yeah, this card's sweet. This is from Magic Origins three in white white uh whenever you cast an enchantment spell put a 4-4 four, four white angel creature token with flying onto the battlefield so you're already going to want to be casting a lot of enchantments this is just like oh so for each one i get an experience counter and a 4-4 four, four mm-hmm. flying angel that seems good now this no- card's super cheap too yeah
1: because nobody wanted it well there was a deck that was running around standard for just a little bit that that was around this card which was really sweet um notably though daxos ability does not trigger this it's not when the enchantment comes into play under right, your control right but if this is the enchantment deck that doesn't really matter uh you're still making four fours uh that's pretty good
2: yeah that's it's gonna be really good uh just basically it doubles up the amount of things you're getting so every time you play an enchantment you know you're gonna want those experience counters to make those tokens bigger but you what do you want those tokens for to attack people? Well, you know what else attacks people? Four four Flying Angels. Yeah, it's pretty good.
1: Uh, and not to mention, it's just pretty much what you want to be doing in the deck is putting out enchantments that really like have a high level of impact, uh, which is cool because
2: they're, I've, I, you don't really play enchantment decks because they seem more fragile, you know? Yeah, and, and because Theros was so recent, we just got this big influx of enchantments. Yeah. And we got things like Bestow Creatures... And it used to be like hard to build an entire deck out of enchantments, but now some enchantments are creatures. Mm -hmm. So that helps you out a lot. Um, The next one on the list actually covers you in an area that we're always talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, It is the Mesa Enchantress. So Mesa Enchantress is 1 and 2 white for an 0-2 human druid, but whenever you cast an enchantment spell, you may draw a card. Ooh, you mean... You will draw a card. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're never going to be like, I could, but I'm not going to. Maybe against Nekusar, I guess. I guess, yeah. Anyway, um, this is good. Again, you have to cast the spell. It's not when enchantment comes into play. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, most of the enchantment comes into play. Cards are in green, Uh, like Eidolon of Blossoms would be awesome. Um, But this does do some good card draw in a deck that has a lot of enchantments, which presumably
1: you will. Yeah, and it's white and black, which does not have the best card draw. Black does have a decent amount of card draw, but it hurts you, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also a card uh, like Starfield of Nyx is another uh, Magic Origins card that came out. This is actually a little more debatable. Uh, It's four and a white. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may return target enchantment card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So that's sweet uh, by itself. Uh, You're not casting it again, so you're not going to trigger your experience counters, but you get your best enchantments back. Uh, but it does also say as long as you control five or more enchantments, each other non-aura enchantment you control is a creature in addition to its other types and has base power and base toughness, each equal to its converted mana cost. So Starfield next will become a 5-5 five because five it's a 4 in the white. Uh, but this also just leaves our enchantments up to just getting blown out of the water. Yeah, now if you get white. wrathed
2: by uh, something that says destroy all creatures, it'll actually take away your enchantments. One of the great things yeah. about enchantments is they're the most difficult thing to remove. Because they just have less removal that actually hits them than any other type of card. Uh, Besides maybe Planeswalkers, but you can attack those directly. So enchantments are generally safer than other things. So I think you probably do put that in the deck. You just have to choose your spot to play it. But there's probably times where you go, boom, attack you with all my stuff. And it's like, oh, they didn't see that coming. Yeah. And, And you can win that way. But you wouldn't just run it out there and let it sit there for six turns because you're asking for it.
1: Yeah, because the trigger is only on Europe keep you're really just waiting like you're giving the whole table a rotation. I mean I'd rather flash it in and then get something back and then
2: maybe you know do something with it. right. The recursion ability is nice there. Uh, the next one is a little bit of an expensive card. It's um, it's a land. It's Sarah's Sanctum. Oh, it's kind of like Guy's Cradle, but for white. Yes, and in this deck, it would be just like Guy's Cradle. It's uh, a legendary land. You can tap it and add white to your mana pool for each enchantment you control. So this would count the tokens that you've made with Mm -hmm. Daxos because they are enchantments. They just don't get cast. Um... This is insane in this deck. I mean, if you have the means to get it, it's just, I think it's about 45, 50 bucks. Yeah, it's a real good card, especially in a deck that says, I like enchantments. Yeah, and a deck that's going to literally be like at least 30% probably more of enchantments. It's very good. Yeah,
1: and because it's only two colors, you do not care that you're just adding a bunch of one color to your mana pool as well. Uh, Finally, we have Replenish, a card I play a lot in decks that need doubling season. Uh, Otherwise, they kind of just fall flat. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's just a a a three-in-the-white sorcery. Return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield.
0: Every single one.
1: Yeah, so if you get like Fracturing Gusted and it wipes out all your stuff, don't worry. Replenish is right around the corner.
2: Don't worry. Well, so there. There's a reason to play the uh, Starfield of Nyx. There you go. You're like, oh, I'm just going to Replenish. Yeah. So I don't care if they die. (laughs) Um, What do you think about him? I think he's very, very good. Yeah. I think this is a very cool deck. I think there's a lot of support for it in those colors. Um, I'm a big fan of the art. It's super creepy. Yeah, this is... There are some very good ones, though. I don't know where I rank this right now. Uh, Second or third, probably. Yeah, I could see third. All right, you want to
1: read the next one? Yeah, the next one I think is the most powerful. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Mizzix of the is Magnus. Two, a blue and a red. So he is the uh, blue-red version. I just said that. Great. <laughs> Mizzix of the Is Magnus. It took me. I'll, actually, I'm making a deck for this right now. And I wanted to talk about the deck extensively in this episode, but we have so much other stuff to talk about. I probably won't get to it.
2: Well, that's what'll be good. We'll do a, a deck tech yeah. downline. Actually, I've been sort of brewing with it too. So maybe we'll do a side by side. Side by side. Yeah, that'd be yeah. sweet.
1: He's a 2 2 legendary creature, goblin wizard. Any surprises why I like this guy? Uh, <laughs> whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell with converted man cost greater than the number of experience counters you have, you get an experience counter. Instant and sorcery spells you cast cost one mana less colorless to cast for each
2: experience counter you have. So I'm calling this the Animar of instants and sorceries. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little hard at. to get experience counters onto him as compared to the other ones because it actually cares. Like if you've got four experience counters and you cast an instant and sorcery that costs four, you don't get one. It needs to be greater yes, than correct. the number of experience counters you have. So once you've got like six experience counters, It's hard to get the seventh. Yep. But. Blue. X spells. X spells. X spells are the key to this, I think. And also, they work really well with the counters because X spells... You just add as much mana into them as you want, and they get better, right? Yeah, if you
1: have four experience counters, X can automatically always be four. Right. Um, It doesn't have to be. It just reduces the cost to cast it. So if you choose for X to be two, then you don't have to, obviously. You don't have to go all the way, if that makes sense. Um, Which
2: may make sense when you're doing, like, a X damage to all creatures or something, and you've got a creature with a certain amount of power, and you don't want to kill it, so you'll be under that. Yeah, that's true. Um, But most of the time, you're going to, like, brain geyser and you're going to draw X cards, mm-hmm. and you're going to want X to be as many as possible. Yeah, or force someone else to just mill themselves out. True, which I think you could probably get to that point in this deck where yeah. you've got literally like 40 experience counters, and you just destroy people. And the reason I said blue is because that's the one of the main colors of proliferate
1: yep uh and proliferate works that you can just double the amount of counters on a player or a creature and in this case if you have poison counters you can proliferate them up and kill someone faster with infect but it doesn't th-
2: double it just oh, sorry double you yeah.
1: you increase yeah so right. you just it add, you add just another, add another yeah so proliferate's great in this deck because it's a way to be like well i you know i have five experience counters but i keep drawing my two mana sorceries or whatever it's a great way to be like well you can still level it up and your X spells get better and
2: better every single time you proliferate because it goes to seven, then to eight, and then you're just casting crazy stuff. In fact, speaking of pro- proliferate, one of the cards we have written down is Inexorable Tide. You re- you may remember this one from uh, Modern Masters two. <laughs> it's card you never you ever would never play. draft it. It was always like second to last in the deck, yeah. Or uh, when you're drafting, um, it's three and two blue for an enchantment. It says whenever you cast a spell, proliferate. So again, proliferate is choose any number of permanents and or players with counters on them, and then give each another counter of the kind it already has. So if you've got an experience counter, you get a second one. Or if hey. you get five, you get a sixth. Everyone gets six. Anytime you cast a spell. This also works really well with some things that probably go in this deck, like storage lands. Yeah. Storage lands, Chalice. Really spo- like Everflowing Chalice. Like you're gonna put anything. Uh, in the deck that can get counters like that Mm -hmm. because it can grow over time with your proliferate stuff. So it's like, oh, the proliferate works with my experience counters it also works with a bunch of cards that I'm going to play too. And that's a way I, I think to build this deck to make it be really powerful. Yeah. Just to really ramp quickly.
1: Uh, I think this deck is incorrectly built. If you're sitting there and waiting to draw a spell with a higher converted mana cost, yeah, just hoping like, Oh God, please. I need to get more experience counters. You should be in control of that. Um, And all these decks can do that, by the way, if you have proliferate uh, available to you.
2: And there are some colorless ways to proliferate. There's Contagion Engine and Contagion mm, Clasp. Clasp, yeah. yeah. And there's a creature
1: uh, that does it as well when it dies. I
2: would not be surprised if those, some of those are reprinted in these uh, pre-cons. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. Yeah, especially the non-blue ones. And black has a little proliferate too. But yeah. uh, anyway, other cards that go with this, go ahead.
1: Um, notably, I will say, uh, just in general, any cards with buyback. So that's you yep. can pay an additional cost when you cast it to get it back to your hand. Uh, yep. Any cards with kickers on them, uh, retrace, forecast, and overload, I believe all work. With mystics is uh, sort of reduction in cost, and so like you're basically getting a lot of really cheap cards, uh, in cheap instants and sorceries. But the great part about it is that if you only have one experience counter, you need to cast a two mana spell that can be overloaded for eight, you can just cast it for two. But Correct. if you draw it later in the game, cast for eight. eight. Yeah. Yep. So it's a great way to have flexibility within your spells. Um, a card that's really, really sweet is Pyromancer's Goggles.
2: Oh, man. This card is so good in this deck.
1: Yeah. Pyromancer's Goggles at first seems really expensive. It's five mana for a legendary artifact. And you tap it to add red to your mana pool. And when it's spent to cast a red instant or sorcery, you can copy it and choose new targets for
2: the copy. Ooh, it's a
1: reverberate
2: it's yeah but it's on an artifact so you get to do that every time you cast a red spell it's not just like once and again if you are doing like big x spells like even fireball will become so brutal if you've got like 10 experience counters and you cast it with pyromancer's goggles yeah it's immediately 10 20 to two yeah how many mana you got five or six so now it's 15 doubled so that's just 30 damage boom plus you get another experience counter when you cast it uh howl of the horde is one i really really like finally this card's gonna see play yeah it's uh howl of the horde is two in a red for a sorcery when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn copy that spell you may choose new targets for the copy but it has raid if you attacked with a creature this turn when you cast your first instant or sorcery spell this turn copy that spell in additional time and you may choose new targets for that copy so if you've attacked, you get to copy something twice. And if you haven't, you get to copy it once. The great thing about this card is it costs a red and two colorless. Mm-hmm. So it actually will only cost a red. Yeah. And you're basically getting double your money back for the experience counters. Because it's you get the two reduction. And then whatever you cast that you're copying, you get the reduction on that. So again, in the Fireball scenario, 45 damage. <laughs> Jesus. Also, if you cast Howl of the Horde with Pyromancer's Goggles. Oh, yeah. And you've copy. attacked. <laughs> now yeah. you get... Sixty. You get two extra copies. So yeah. you get if you cast that fireball for fifteen, you cast it actually five times. Oof Yeah, and you kill two people. That's pretty good, uh,
1: Mizzix, What the heck, man? You are you are angry, Mizzix, You're kind of awesome. Yeah, you're kind of awesome. Um, let's see here. We also have the original Melik, uh, which people are a lot of people are saying like, great, this is gonna be my new Melik deck. Uh, Melik is a four a blue and a red for a legendary creature, weird wizard. You heard that right. <laughs> um you play with the top card He's of your weird. library revealed and you can cast the top card of your library if it's an instant or sorcery and then whenever you do cast an instant or sorcery from your library you can copy it and choose new targets for the copy so that's cool you get to play with the top card of your deck and double it uh, mm-hmm. if you cast it from the top um but i think mizzix is a bit
2: better but melek definitely is great in the deck in the deck for yeah, sure yeah for sure. um what else we got here? Oh, you just have, uh, yeah, utility
1: counter spells. Yeah, I there's think... a lot of counter spells that are like two in blue, blue counter target spell, untap up to four lands.
2: Yep, and I think a lot of this is going to be a draw go deck mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of it. So you're going to have some sorceries, but you're going to have a lot of instants. You're going to want as many, you know, sort of counter spells, and then instant ways to draw cards, mm-hmm. so that it gives you the option of like, oh, if I didn't want to counter something, then I'll draw a bunch of cards and get an experience counter. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's pretty smart.
1: And I believe this is the first time Epic Experiment's finally going to be really playable.
2: Epic Experiment. (laughs) I hadn't even thought about this card,
1: honestly. Every time I want to build a deck and I'm in those colors, I look at that card and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Finally. And then I don't play it because it's like, no, it wasn't good enough. Uh, (laughs) Finally, it's found a home.
2: Uh, Epic Experiment. Okay. It's a red and a blue and X for a sorcery. Exile the top X cards of your library. For each instant and sorcery card with converted mana costs X or less among them, you may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Then put all cards exiled this way that weren't cast into your graveyard. So, this is just gonna... It's sort of like, um... It's sort of like, uh... What's the green card that does it? Um... For creatures, oh Genesis Wave, yeah, it's kind of like yeah. that. But for instance, in sorceries, yeah, yeah. Now if... this won't work very good with your X spells that Correct. are in your deck, but it'll work good with everything
1: else. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of everything else. And of course, I think in this deck you also put a lot of flashback spells in there, mm-hmm. as well as ways to get stuff back out of your graveyard. So it going to your graveyard is not, you know, a huge deal if you exile like twenty cards or whatever. Because guess what, you're gonna you're gonna cast a lot of
2: stuff off of twenty. And well, let's be let's be real, like ninety percent of commander games you end the game and you have 50 plus cards in Mm -hmm. your library so milling yourself out unless your meta is very specific isn't really a worry yeah definitely not and yeah if you cast just like 12 instants and sorceries off this thing (laughs) no matter what they are it's gonna be like you're gonna probably turn the game even if they're lightning
1: bolts you could probably kill two players yeah if you have uh, wait, how'd you get that mainline? Yeah, you're cheating. was an
2: example. was an example. No, you cannot do that, Jimmy. You, you, I think you just. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think you just let me. That is a good call. That that card is pretty pretty strong. Yeah, it's busted. Uh, the next one is Calumni, disciple of Eroas. Iroas. Iroas. Yeah. I don't know how to say it. I'm okay. just gonna go say it right now. Womp womp. Yeah, we talked about this. We talked about her before. We always bag on Boros, and here we are bagging on Boros still. I'll just read her. Two, a red and a white for a legendary creature. Giant shul- soldier, she's a 3-3, three, three, so a four mana, 3-3. Three, three. She has double strike. She does and- have giant shoulders, too. Yeah, and, and giant swords. She's uh sorry, 3-3 three, three, double strike vigilance for four. Whenever you cast a creature spell with converted mana cost five or greater, you get an experience counter. Hmm. Calumny gets plus one, plus one for each experience counter you have. This, <sighs> thank goodness red and white is great at proliferating. Oh, wait. Thank goodness, red and white is good at ramping. Oh wait! Thank goodness, they're good at cheating out creatures. Oh, oh wait. wait! Like thank it's... goodness, red white. You just want to play a
1: bunch of five plus drop creatures. Actually, spells. I, I
2: lied. You can't oh, no. even cheat out the creature. It says whenever you cast
1: a creature spell. Yeah. Well, you need like ma- a reduction, like uh, like Mizzix gives. You know,
2: Animar, I no can't nope, go in Animar. Nope. Um Five color calumny. <laughs> it just calumny feels like you play her on turn four and then. You play a five drop and she's a four four double striker. Yeah, I mean, I, you could have a lot of equipment
1: and stuff in the, you know, to make her a true Voltron general. I think she has potential to be very strong as a Voltron general, but the here's Maybe, the thing. Maybe because
2: a Voltron deck doesn't usually want to play a bunch of five uh mana cost plus creatures. They want to play a yeah. bunch of enchantments and, uh, equipment and Calumny,
1: Like you want to play mother of runes. You know, you don't want to play a five drop that you can't do anything with. Cause
2: then you use all your mana for the next turn. Don't you mean mother of runes, mother of runes. You want to play the mother of runes. <laughs> then they can't kill her. Here's the thing. Calumny's not Scottish, by the way.
1: She's no, gotta be she's Greek. Definitely Greek. She's this, the disciple of Ero himself. So then
2: it's even worse.
1: Cause if it's not Scottish, it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bunch of crap. Uh, you know, there is potential here. I just don't think we've found it yet. I don't think there's potential here. But hey, everybody, go ahead and prove me wrong. Hey, you know, I was thinking we should maybe do a surprise giveaway. A surprise? Well, I,
2: I decided. So a surprise to me. <laughs> I'm cause... surprised, actually. Not su- <laughs> You're not surprised. I'm surprised. I'm like, we are?
1: Okay, here's the thing. We have to give something away because it's coming in 2015, right? We got to. Uh, so I- if you it's up to you guys uh by the way thanks for listening to this point because you're hearing about the surprise giveaway now it's up to all the guys and gals of the world to send us on twitter or i guess over email uh something cool to do with calumny. prove us wrong yeah prove us wrong Uh, send us like something sweet that we didn't think of that is your coolest combo um it's not gonna be random i guess we'll actually subjectively choose one and guess what
2: we'll pick which one of these best
1: And I'll personally. And if you don't like it, too bad. <laughs> I'll personally send you the calumny deck because you earned it.
2: Because you're you deserve it. <laughs> you deserve it. You're a great person.
1: <laughs> Congrats, you figured out Boros.
2: All right, can I stop talking like this now? <laughs>
1: yes. So you can tweet us at CommandCast or email us CommandCast at RocketJump.com. We'll announce it, I guess, uh, next week, I suppose,
2: or maybe um, yeah. Uh, so you guys have you guys have some time. Prove me wrong, because I am so like calumny just does not. She yeah. doesn't distinguish herself above like Gisela or oh, not even close Tajik or any of the millions of Boros generals. She just seems like like most of them and worse than most of them. Yeah. So show us,
1: prove us wrong. Uh, the guy or girl that proves us the most wrong wins a Calumny deck.
2: Good luck. Good luck. All right. Moving on. We're not even talking about any cards because we don't want to give you a head start. And also, we didn't think of any. <laughs> also, the cards that we we're just gave you like were just born. other legendary creatures in those colors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so let's go to Marin of Clan Neltoth. Mm. I don't know who Clan Neltoth is. I think this might be the second most powerful. Oh, really? Yeah, I like this card I a lot. I got this at fourth. We're going to talk about it. It's two, a green, and a black. For a legendary creature, Human Shaman, she's a 3-4. Whenever another creature you control dies, you get an experience counter. That's pretty great because that's easy. Super easy. At the beginning of your end step, choose target creature in your graveyard. If that card's converted mana cost is less than or equal to the number of experience counters you have, return it to the battlefield. Otherwise, put it into your hands now, a lot of people are skipping over that otherwise portion, but that's actually pretty good. So you can yeah. choose a creature that actually is bi- any creature. It doesn't matter how many experience points or experience counters you have, you'll get that creature back into your hands. But if you do happen to have more experience counters than it's CMC or equal to, it just goes directly onto the field. Yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it is a little
2: slow. It's dependent, it's on your end step, right? Well, the great thing is you play Marin. And immediately get something back to your hand if you've got mm-hmm. something in there because it's at the end step too. Yeah, I mean it's also black green. You know, it's the colors of having
1: things to to sacrifice to get give her experience counters, tokens, yeah. scions. You know, all that good stuff. I think
2: Eldrazi spawns and scions are super good because she's in green. You can have from beyond and Awakening Zone. You can also just have like yeah, totally eyeless watchers and stuff. So you can immediately just get her a bunch of experience. Uh, or get yourself a bunch of experience counters if you want, because you just go, oh, I've got four Eldrazi signs. I just sack them all to get mm-hmm. experience counters.
1: And then you just entomb something, and then boom,
2: and we'll hold you've hold. got Eldrazi on the battlefield in turn four. I think it's possible. Yeah. And then turn five, when she's out, you just start casting Fleshbag Marauder and then bringing it back <laughs> at oh, the yeah. end step. It really so, wrecking like, everyone's day. how are people going to keep up with that? Like, You can do that every turn. Um, Fleshbreak Marauder is a creature like Merciless Executioner where when you cast it, everybody has to sacrifice a creature and you can sacrifice it so it's in the graveyard and then you bring it back and instep, sacrifice it again. That's something that Carador decks do a lot, I've seen. And it's super good against Voltron because they're like, hey,
1: we have one creature, it's really buff, look at all these enchantments,
2: sacrifice. (laughs) I mean, literally just destroys a Voltron deck. Yeah. Uh, Especially if you can figure out a way to do it at instant speed, which is tougher in these colors, but yeah, it is strong. Yeah, I dig it. It is very much like Carador, um, but not for uh, three colors, just two of them. Yeah, I think that's why I would almost just play Carador because you just get that extra color. But this is the effect is actually different because Carador you cast something out of your graveyard, so you mm-hmm. still have to pay the mana cost. At a certain point, Marin can just get something back for free. Yeah, you know, and once you've got nine experience cards, you just like shield it. and like you can kill it. I just bring it back bring it back yeah that's kind of brutal you get bring out vorinclex
1: like yeah. that card just shuts Ugh. down tables
2: Ugh. yeah it's pretty good i don't know you almost talked me into it i almost talked myself into it i don't know who talked me into it but yeah i
1: getting there <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh next up we have azuri claw of progress
1: quick shout out james Pianca, uh frequent collab- collaborator on the show guest name this card pretty cool the claw of progress
2: claw of progress
1: yeah, he really likes lobster. I don't know what he's... He's holding something in here. It looks like... Oh, it's a tree? I thought it was like a bug he was going to eat later.
2: He likes lobster. He does. It does look like lobster a little bit. Uh,
1: He's two, a green, and a blue. Um, but the way he looks, he feels like he needs to be black. But this he's, is my pick for most powerful, by the way. Oh, you think so? Okay. Yeah. He's a 3-3 legendary creature elf warrior. He looks insane.
2: The art on this guy is freaking Poor amazing. Poor Azuri got taken over by the Phyrexians. Yeah. Poor our friend Phil DeLuca yeah, from Commander <laughs> and <we're laughs> just not be never be able always. to play this card. Cause his card's bonkers. It's certainly gonna get played against him, however.
1: Uh his text, whenever a creature with power two or less enters at the battlefield under your control, you get an experience counter. So that seems to be pretty easy as well, yep. especially with tokens. Way easier than Calumny. Yeah. Oh my gosh. At the beginning of combat on your turn, put X plus one plus one counters on another target creature
2: you control where X is the number of experience counters you have. Hmm. So You've got five experience counters. Uh, at the beginning of combat, you just choose one of your creatures and give them plus five, plus five counters. Hey, that's pretty big. It's pretty crazy, um, and I think it's not just making them big. There's so many creatures, especially in these colors, that care about having plus one, plus one counters on them, and yeah. you can sort of cheat the normal order of things. I'm talking about cards like Sage of Hours.
1: Oh yeah, this is going to get you there. Uh, Sage of Hours was in Theros, or Journey into Nyx specifically. One in the blue for a uh, 1-1, creature, human, wizard, and heroic, whenever you cast a spell that targets it, you put, put a plus one, plus one counter on it, but more importantly, remove all plus one, plus one counters from Sage of Hours. For each five counters removed this way, take an extra turn after this one.
2: Ooh. So l- let's just see how this goes. You have five counters, uh, or five experience counters. At the beginning of combat, you put five experience counters onto Sage of Hours. You remove them, you get an extra turn. On the extra turn, what do you do? You put five counters on Sage of Hours, and you remove them, and you get an extra turn. So yeah, that kind of that kind of just keeps going, doesn't that's it? That's an infinite turn loop that's actually really easy to pull off. It doesn't even require that many counters. Five? Yeah. And, and by the way, Izuri, and I think this is, is kind of nuts, because a lot of the other ones say when you cast... In yeah. fact, Calumny says when you cast a creature spell, but not Azuri. Azuri says whenever a creature with power two or less enters the battlefield. So now you can just put five counters on it by doing like a X token spell, like one of those sapperling things that says put X sapperlings yeah. on, green and X. You could just on turn you know six put five counters on it. All right, maybe Azuri is the most powerful. I it's... just wasn't as impressed with this second ability, but I guess it really does pay off quite well. It It seems very broken. Um, it's pretty crazy. A lot of people... There's a lot of stuff. Um, uh, Michaeloth is one that synergizes very well. Michaeloth is a 3 and 2 green for a 4-4 four four fungus. It has Devour 2. Devour is, as this creature enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice any number of other cre- or, sorry, of creatures. This creature may enter the battlefield with twice that many plus 1, plus 1 counters. So you cast Michaeloth, you sacrifice 2 creatures, it gets plus 4, plus 4, uh, but that's 4 plus 1, plus 1 counters. Then it says at the beginning of your upkeep, put a one one green Slapperling creature token onto the battlefield for each one one counter on Michael Loth. Hey, I likes that. Well, what's what yeah, this this is really snowbally. So you put Michael Loth out at the beginning of your combat, you put those five plus one plus one counters on it, and then on the next upkeep, you get five sapperlings. What's that do? It puts five more experience counters on yeah. you, which means now you put ten counters on Michael Loth. Ugh, next turn, gross. yeah. Uh, at least this one, like it takes a couple turns. <laughs> Sage of Hours could literally be like you play it, you go infinite. Michael Loth is like, well, it'll have to sit there for a turn before it really goes crazy. Yeah,
1: you go infinite barring, just removal. But yeah.
2: still, I mean you get
1: you get that turn. Um also Sage of Hours could be the creature that puts you to five experience counters because it's a one one. Yeah, that's a good point. Um Pentavis is another great card, which they printed in Commander 2014. It's a seven drop artifact creature construct. It enters the battlefield with five plus one plus plus counters on it. You can pay one to remove a counter from him and put a 1-1 one, one artifact creature token with flying onto the battlefield. So as soon as you do this, you get another experience counter. It essentially pays yep. itself back with Azuri's ability. And you can also pay one to sacrifice the Pendavite and put a plus, and plus on counter on Pentavis. So you, for 2 mana, you can essentially just keep putting a 1-1 one, one out, sacking it, and putting it back on this guy. If you have like 6 mana, you could do this 3 times. It's still You're the same green, size. You're in green. You might have 20 mana. Yeah, I mean, honestly, what you would do and is... And you can do it at instant speed. It's a 5-5. Five, five. I would just remove four plus one plus one counters on it. You get four more experience counters on the Zuri. Four Zuri, sorry, because they go on the player. And then you just make your Pentavis right
2: back to where it was or even bigger. And yeah. And you can just make so much value happen. Yeah, and if you, you can do that on end step, too, is the crazy thing. Mm. So that it's like... And then what you do is you have all the Pentavites jump off, and then you just make one of them really big and kill somebody with it. Yeah. Uh, after you get to a certain point. Uh, oh, I like this one you put on there, which is Wild Beastmaster. Oh, yeah. It's two and a green for a 1-1 one, one human shaman. Whenever Wild Beastmaster attacks, each other creature you control gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is Wild Beastmaster's power. So with Wild Beastmaster, at the beginning of combat, which is before you declare attackers, you put all the counters from Azuri onto Wild Beastmaster, and now it's like you put counters on every creature you control. And mm-hmm. by the way, you're playing probably a deck with a lot of tokens, because tokens give experience counters yeah so you just go mega wide it makes it like crater Hoof behemoth basically yeah minus the trample which yeah is notable. but still if you have like a bunch of one ones out there that become eight eights like great you're probably gonna kill someone or you got pentavis and you've been doing that crazy thing and then this turn you just decide to just hop off 20 pentavites yeah and, and then, then everyone wild beast, beast well. master boom Ugh, well, well you can make flying. the pen yeah exactly it's azuri is it, really yeah. powerful and i also think there's another way to build a azuri that we're not even talking about which is Infect. Infect is a great way to build a Zuri. And look at this guy. He's actually, people have noted that he's actually wearing
1: uh, a that artifact uh, equipment that is the one that gives Infect.
2: The gra- uh, grafted, grafted exoskeleton. Yeah, it really oh, looks like he yeah. just has that on him. Okay, so here's the other way to build a Zuri, which is that what, what are you? You're in blue and you're in green. So your green's your Infect color, blue's your Proliferate color. Mm-hmm. Proliferate does add poison counters. Blue's also the unblockable color oh gosh what are what are infect creatures usually they're small and they're so small and creatures give you yeah and small creatures give you experience counters and then what does an uh, uh, infect deck have real problems with because in commander it doesn't work very good it's the pump spells because mm-hmm. pump spells are just kind of bad in commander because they're sort of card disadvantage you know you don't want to have these hands where you draw a bunch of pump spells and no infect creatures well guess what azuri your pump spell At the beginning of combat, yeah, at the beginning of combat, you make your infect creature, you know, plus five, plus five. You don't even have to get that big. You just have to get it to ten. And then you you give it unblockability (laughs) with your blue part or you give it flying or something. And, I mean, that's another really brutal way. And actually, with proliferate, too, you might even be able to just get... Kill them. With proliferate, just get, like, five poison counters on them and get them the rest of the way there with proliferate.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I think Azuri is one of the best infect commanders ever.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, Craig has to be just, like, licking his chops.
1: Yeah, this is insane. Because, I mean, Craig has, like, an Edric uh, deck uh-huh. that's that's infect, and I think it's great to have Edric because then you're drawing a lot of cards.
2: Yeah, but you have to go wide to do it, right? Whereas Azuri, like, you're going to kill people so much faster because he's just going to pump them up.
1: Yeah. You know? Actually, I don't even know if Edric does it because that's combat damage. I think his Edric deck is more just unblockable creatures, but he definitely has a lot of blue-green infect. And this is this is so powerful
2: yeah there's just a few ways to build it and i just think it's broken in any of those ways i think this is the best one um by quite a long shot and we said before i thought it would be because proliferate works so well with experience counters yeah Yeah. and you're a blue
1: green kind of guy oh well that's true i'm a red i'm a red kind of dude there's no (laughs) red you're not
2: gonna have trouble with ramp you're not gonna have trouble with card draw
1: you're not gonna have trouble finding infect creatures now that those colors too yeah true all right, so that does it for the five commanders that are going to be the front-of-the-box commanders. So you get oversize a foil card, I believe. Yeah, the these
2: experienced guys. counter commanders.
1: Yeah, uh, next up, we have non-experienced counter commanders, and each of these are uh, very different. Uh, they don't have sort of a theme across to all of them. Um, three of them are flying, and two of them have activated abilities that cost uh cmc of two so i guess that's kind of a thing going on between them Mm -hmm. uh but they're also the the mana costs are all over the place the cheapest is uh two mana and the the most expensive is five or six sorry so uh let's just go ahead and get started let's talk about karlov of the ghost council i'm now affectionately calling just
2: carl this is carl (laughs) that's good is one of the ghost council yeah is this the first go- member of the Ghost Council that has his very own card? I think so. Where are the other
1: dudes? I don't know, but I'm really excited because maybe we'll get all of them. Eventually. I bet they're right off screen going, you jerk. <laughs> you got the spotlight first. Yeah. Um, Carl is looking very grim. Carl, that's On his good. throne. Uh, Carl of the Ghost Council is white and a black, two total, uh, for a 2-2 legendary creature spirit advisor. Whenever you gain life, put two plus one plus encounters on Carl of the Ghost Council and for black and a white, comma, remove six plus one plus one counters from Karlov of the Ghost Council. Exile target creature.
2: Kaboom! Kaboom, six?
1: That's a lot. Yeah, but whenever you gain life, you put two. So you have to gain life three separate instances.
2: But it's instances. So if you gain 10 life with one card, that's still one instance. Probably why you won't play that card in this deck. Uh,
1: yeah. You want to get like all these like cheap life gain cards enabled, right?
2: You need a bunch that are giving you little bits at a time. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Sun Droplet would be a card that would be really good in this deck. I mean, you've got uh, what do we have down here? Soul Warden, yeah, S- Soul's Attendant. Those are just like anytime a creature comes in, you gain life. So that's you're just gonna gain a bunch of little bits of life.
1: Yeah, I think the the key to this card is also finding ways to gain life across everyone else's turn. So yeah, that you you are. It's not just dependent on your turn. So it's like whenever any creature enters the battlefield, kind of thing. Like. Um, I believe Soul's attendant does that whenever another creature enters the battlefield, you may gain one life. Mm-hmm. Um, so like stuff like that's great because if someone just plays Yeah, Soul
2: a, Warden does the same thing.
1: Like if someone's gonna be Azuriing you, you know, and they're like, All right, I'm gonna jump out five one ones ones, you're like, Great, I get ten plus one plus
2: one counters on my guy because each of those guys came out separately. And you get ten life if you got Soul Warden, which means you get twenty counters on yeah. Carl, which means you can exile three creatures. Yeah. That's good math. Well, no, no, no. It's every instance you gain life.
1: So it's 10 creatures, you do get 20. If it's five creatures, you get 10. It's not double the amount of life you gained.
2: No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, if you have soul warden out and somebody makes 10 things, you get 10, you get life 10 times. Yeah, exactly. You get 20 yeah. counters. You have to remove six to the exile a creature, so you could exile three creatures for six mana.
1: You could kill Azuri.
2: You could. You could also kill something like Ulamog because it exiles.
1: Oh, yeah, that's the best part. Um, And it's actually similar to the other Tesa that... Uh, also exiles creatures. I believe it's Ghost Envoy, mm-hmm. or I forget which it is. She's all doing all kinds of things. Maybe maybe it's Orjov. No, it's Orjov God, Tesa Tesa definitely is a busy lady.
2: <laughs> that she, could.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, yeah, but she also um, sacks white, three white creatures to exile a creature. Essentially, so mm-hmm. it's a very
2: similar ability. White black is definitely the two colors that would be doing it. But Tesa doesn't have to uh, tap any mana when she does it. That that's the thing that's sort of. Make Carl. It'll keep him under wraps. I don't know. I'm not super excited about Carl.
1: Yeah, I think his ability is really sweet. Um, I think if you were to build a deck around him, you could definitely do a lot of control on the board. But a lot of the times too, it's also like, I mean, you can only exile some of the target creatures before an enchantment is going to ruin your day, or an artifact, or something else. You or know? they'll
2: you'll just get a bunch of counters on him, and then somebody will be like, "All right, I utter in him." Yeah, exactly. And you're like, "Ah, crap! Now I got to <laughs> recast him get more counters on him." It's not yeah. like the experience counters that just stay they stick around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. He goes in in a Loro deck, probably. Oh, he's definitely in the Loro deck. Yeah, yeah. I think this card's really good in the 99. Hey, you know what we're not thinking of? If you have Soul Warden and he just gets 20 counters, he's a 22-22, then you screw the Exxon creature, You just bash people in the face with him. It's
1: true. Of Voltron, uh, Kar- Karlov, where he's like, hey, I'm going to hit you for 14 now. Oh, you have a blocker. I'm going to exile it. I'll hit yeah. you for eight instead.
2: Or I'll just put on my Whisper Silk cloak and I'll just, you know, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'll can just... you put a whisper silk cloak on a ghost? Look at this guy, yeah. What a ghost do but whisper, I guess, in but... silk cloaks. <laughs> so the cloak would just fall right through him or whatever. <laughs> uh, moving uh, on, moving on. All right, we've got Arjun, the shifting flame. Arjun, Arjun, could be Arhun, may Ar August, Arjun, the... Armay that's like left of the raging yeah, storm uh, all right out arjun the shifting play flame is four a blue and a red so six mana total for a five five flying legendary sphinx wizard yeah so it's got a weird head on top of a cool looking sphinx like every sphinx does has a crazy ability whenever you cast a spell put the cards in your hand on the bottom of your library in any order then draw that many cards what so you teferi's <laughs> puzzle box every time you cast a spell yeah wow which is insane to me just you not everybody yeah just you if um, it was everybody that's
1: something there's an enchantment that does this called mind moil uh and this is basically mind moil
2: but on a five five flyer this is crazy uh there are ways to take advantage of it obviously with brainstorm type stuff um, yeah maybe like chase scroll the rack. Rack scroll, Yeah, scroll rack um But still, although when you cast Scroll
1: Rack, it you immediately <laughs> shovel the rest. That's of a year. good point. Well, you could gas it before having Arjun out, obviously.
2: That's true. Um, yeah. Well, what what do we have written down for this guy? I don't even know. Oh, um, Scroll Rack. There we scroll go. Scroll Rack.
1: Yeah. Our Archive. Oh, there you go. So, our Homer's Archive means you're basically drawing two. <laughs> Every time you draw a card, you draw another one. That's
2: actually really good.
1: Yeah. So you're going to potentially be in danger of of also milling yourself if you draw too many. If that makes sense. If you have like. 50 cards in your hand and then you trigger him once you're going to mill yourself out before you put the bomb card
2: oh that's interesting
1: so you have to be a little careful there um yes yeah, so if you if you would draw a card but it'll be exponential
2: one. right it'll double every time so if you have six cards you cast a spell you'll actually draw 10 yep then you cast a spell you actually draw 18, 18 yeah oh that's a good combo yeah you're getting i mean you're seeing your deck uh, I think this is
1: great, however, I, I, obviously with instant speed stuff, I think it's really good, but I think it's the best when you can set your hand up so that you're not totally like losing the card that you really still want to keep, you know? Yeah, true. Um, if you have all instants and you have a bunch of mana, for instance, if this was in the Mizzix deck, you would cast an instant and then or a sorcery and then in response to it, cast everything else out of your hand that you want, you know? Um, however, the only problem with this is that if you only have one card in your hand, you cast it and you draw nothing.
2: Oh, that's a good point.
1: So it's like a weird balance here for Arjun because it is great to have a new grip of stuff when you don't like your current one or if you're trying to search for something. But you also have to balance that with, like, do you want to have a really full hand when you do this or do you want to have a half full hand? It's great, though, when you have a bunch of lands that you don't need.
2: Well, geez, I would want a full hand and I would want to get to um, Hammers Archive as fast as possible and a few other cards yeah. like that. And then once you have that, you're good. You don't even care because you're just going to double the amount of cards. Yeah. You know, this makes me think of... There are some cards... Uh, and I can't think of the names right now because I'm doing this off the cup, which is always a bad idea. But I'm doing it anyway. Um, that say do damage to your opponents for each card you draw. Things yeah, like that. That would be really good in a Walking deck like Archive. this because, yeah, because you could be like, well, Walking Archive does it. Just makes you draw extra cards. Uh, makes it does everybody do draw extra cards. No, oh, but okay. there are cards that do damage for cards that you draw. They're sort of the inverse of like Underworld Dreams, which does damage to your opponents for cards they draw. Mm-hmm. And you know, you could cast a spell draw a bunch of cards, cast a spell, draw a bunch of cards, cast do a, a spell. Damage, yeah, and do yeah. a ton of damage. So, so you're saying this needs to go in your Chromat deck. It's probably going to go into my Chromat deck because, yeah,
1: it, well, we'll see. It's an interesting one. Uh, I think I have to play with this more to really understand
2: how to do it best. Josh's Chromat deck, by the way, is a Nekusar deck. Right, it's just five color. So this is a really interesting card. There's probably more things like Alhmarit's Archive that we're not thinking of right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's another thing you can definitely tweet at us although it won't enter you in the contest. The contest is only for Kalemni. Sorry. Um, all right, on to the next one. Yeah. Mazarek Kraul, Death Priest. Is all he right. related to the Rite Shaman? Because it looks like it. <laughs> this guy's like the scariest looking thing I've ever
1: seen in my life. <laughs> There's like an end boss in freaking Diablo it over does. here. Uh, it's, it's like half bug, half... I don't know what it is. Half right. alien. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Half Prometheus. Uh, he's three, a black and a green. Uh, for a 2 2 legendary creature, Insect Shaman, that has flying. And he says, whenever a player sacrifices another permanent, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. Wow. Yeah. So. This card's, uh, this
2: card's pretty good.
1: Yeah. And people sack stuff a lot in EDH. And it can be you. It can be you as well. So, again, Eldrazi Scions and Eldrazi Spawns yep. are very powerful here. Um, uh, I believe
2: Fetchlands. Sacrifices another permanent that's a really good point yep Yep. Yeah, even like so, evolving wilds terramorphic Expanse. Yeah, yeah um yeah. other players fetch lands wow that's i didn't even think of that that is that's yep that's absolutely what happens yep uh you would clearly play this with a grave pact or dictate of Erebos, cards that say
1: whenever you uh permanent you control a uh, creature you control dies everyone else has to sacrifice a yep. creature
2: uh it, fleshbag marauders again very good with this card yep because you automatically sack it when it comes in or sack something else, make your old team bigger. I think a lot of Eldrazi spawns and Scions and then a lot of stuff like um, Flashback Marauder, because the Eldrazi spawns and Scions also serve as your team that you're pumping mm-hmm. when you want to. So what you can do is you can get like 10 Eldrazi Scions out, play Mazarek, sacrifice three of them, give all of them plus three, plus three, attack with the rest. Yeah. And again, you can give everyone insta-haste with green. Uh, this is pretty powerful. This seems very good. I'm very excited to put it in my Marchessa deck because once again, my Marchessa deck is actually a five color deck. Josh doesn't have a single two color deck. <laughs> I That's have a couple. Of. I have Joyra. That's a lie. It's a five color Joyra deck because <laughs> you wanted
1: want to cast hops in Joyra too. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Um, yeah, I think Mazurik's really sweet again because it's green and black. You know they're going to build the commander deck around being token themed because both uh, Marin and Mazurik love the
2: idea of, yep. of creatures dying. Or I mean, no matter which one specifically. No matter which one you choose, the other one will work in that deck, right? Those two, so far, work the best of any of the two with the same color pair that we've come across. Yeah, I would say Mizzix and, and Arjun work really well together, too, though. They do, but not as, like, Mizzix is helping you cast Instance and Sorceries. Arjun doesn't care about Instance and Sorceries. Yeah, it <laughs> just any time you cast It A does spell. help you set, uh, cycle through your deck, but yeah, I think Maseric and Marin... Are they like sisters or something? Because they have almost the same name too. They uh, do not look like they are related, Josh. Well, they, they, well, what, well, here's what happened. They got switched at birth or separated. Gotcha. And then, yeah. Mary got, grew
1: up with normal human parents and Mary yeah. grew up with like weird spider spawn demon. Nazareth
2: looking. got put in the basket and pushed down the river because the, um, the Egyptians were about, no, that's a different story. Egyptians. <laughs> the Naga kicked him out or whatever because they were like, he has wings. <laughs> um, yeah, this card is really, really good. Uh, I don't have anything else to say about it. It's this. This is more exciting than Calumny. Do we mention it's flying? <laughs> it's a five mana two two flyer.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could put it uh, the 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 the, tar- the counters go on him as well, so he could just get
2: really big. That's a good point. Um, very scary. That's why I like Spawns and Scions because you can sack them on demand. Yeah, for the mana, and you don't even have to use the mana. You can be like, whatever. I just so Awakening Zone from Beyond are just amazing. Yep. Yeah, that that seems like a deck.
1: Hey, hey, before we continue to the rest of the episode, hope you guys are enjoying it so far, we would like to let you guys know that, again, the sponsor for today's show is Loot Crate. Yes, Loot Crate, the one and only Loot Crate. Um, you guys have probably heard of subscription-based box services in the past. There are ones for beauty. There are ones for dogs. This one is for the inner geek and gamer inside all of us. And again, I've known Matthew and the people that run Loot Crate for a very long time. I think they are extremely trustworthy, and I really believe in these guys. And I really love the service that they're bringing to the world. Because for me, I subscribe to Loot Crate because you know, for under twenty bucks a month, I get this sweet box of stuff that I can both help decorate the office with, give to friends, and keep stuff for myself that I really love. In the past, they've done items from Star Wars, Marvel, The Walking Dead, Legend of Zelda, all things that I love. This month, they are doing a combat themed box, so they have items from Blizzard, Fallout Four, Capcom, Hunger Games, etc., etc. And every single month. It's different. And they always try to put about $40 plus worth of stuff in the box. So for under $20, you're really getting a value if you love this kind of stuff. You can go subscribe to the service right now and actually get $3 off by going to LootCrate.com slash command and entering the code command to save $3 on any new subscription. If you guys want to get in on this month's box, make sure you subscribe by November 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific time to receive this month's crate. Also good news, they ship to over 13 different countries. So if you're an international listener of the Command Zone, you can probably get this box as well. So guys, make sure you check it out. LootCrate.com slash command all right let's
2: get back to the show the next one is anya merciless angel Anyang, spoiled by a wedge from the mana source oh yeah what's up wedge what up wedge congrats i don't know if you're like this but i feel some ownership over the cards we've spoiled yeah totally so like uh l my girlfriend and i we've been opening a lot of battle for zendikar because she's really good at pulling expeditions and so (sighs) we just (laughs) we've been opening a ton of it uh We've gotten like eight expeditions so far, <laughs> but every it. time the Sanctum of Mugen comes up, uh, I'm like, "Oh, that's our card!" Nice. Like it's like, "Oh, that's our card!" I and say it now, too when I see it in draft. And I see it yeah. passed around. I'm
1: like, who's passing our card around? Come
2: on, guys, yeah, that's our card. It's like like we didn't do anything except for tell people about it. But
1: actually, b- both of our cards that we for the last two cards get passed around in draft a lot. The Great yeah, nobody <laughs> takes Greater Aurora or Sanctum of
2: Mugen. <laughs> Um, Well, that's because we're commander players. That's right. All right, so Wedge's card. Again, Anya, Merciless, Angel, three, a red and a white. So this is our second Boros General. Let's see if it's better. Four, four, flyer for five. Not bad, Angel. Anya gets plus three, plus three for each opponent whose life total is less than half his or her starting life total. Hey. Okay. As long as an opponent's life total is less than half his or her starting life total, Anya has Indestructible. Wow. Wow.
1: So if only one person is at twenty uh life or less, she's yeah. a seven seven flying indestructible. It, it has
2: to be nineteen or less. It's, oh, it's less than half, Yeah, sorry, Correct.
1: Yeah, so nineteen or less. Um yeah, that's uh I think this is really powerful. It's not the
2: red-white general I still want. But it's not when you think about it that much different than Gisela or any mm-hmm. of the other ones, because what is it it wants you to do the same thing that all those other generals want you to do, which is it wants you to be aggressive and zero in and attack somebody. This one, maybe a little bit more wants you to do like indiscriminate Mm -hmm. damage, like play cards that do four damage to all players or something. Yeah. But it's not, I don't know. It's in the ninety nine. This card is
1: great if you want in Gisela, right? This card is awesome. Index that are going to get your opponents down super low, and then you're like, they're like, gosh, I can't deal with that. Or if I can deal with that, now I can't deal with a, you know, if like three players below, I can't deal with a uh, a a freaking thirteen thirteen indestructible Indestructible flyer, Flyer. Yeah. yeah. So Anya gets, she is truly merciless once the game really gets going. But I don't know if you really want to play her as a general because it, it feels like everyone's just going to know what you want to do and then they'll just focus in on you.
2: That's a really good point because if they see this sitting in your command zone and then they're going to be way less likely to do damage to each other because they don't want to get below that half-life yeah. total because it's almost like if, if somebody else is playing that and you and I are in the game, if I hit you, I'm almost helping the other guy yeah. make his general bigger. I mean, it may, you may want to do that. You know, just yeah. because it's
1: like sweet me. But then again, it, nothing ever says Anya needs to swing at the person who has that low life total that she might want to get more players underneath that life yeah. total. Yeah,
2: but so. I'm just saying if it's me and I'm not playing Anya, but somebody else is, if I hit you, it's, it's sort of making Anya bigger. So yeah. do I really want to help him? I might as well just hit him. Mm-hmm. you know it's it's an interesting thing um i mean that's why you'd play cards
1: like heartless Hidetsugu in this yeah, deck it's that's... three in a red red and you tap it it deals damage to each player equal to half that player's life t- total rounded down so if a couple if everyone's crashed ca- cracked a couple of fetches or played a couple of shock lands or just yeah somehow taking one or two Anya, damage all of a sudden it's just like hello i'm
2: here she goes, ruh, ruh, ruh. that's bloodlust um, not a uh, merciless angel murlocs and bloodlust sound a lot the same <laughs> pretty much um
1: all right. Quietest Spike. You could also play that equipment in this deck. You just want to get players. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> EDH is not a fast game.
2: It's the same thing that every red white deck wants to do, which is quickly do damage. Yeah.
1: I was really hoping we would see more uh, chaos based stuff for red white mm-hmm. uh, or something that's like more. Um... I guess red-white isn't as much chaos, but more maybe the red idea of exiling cards and playing them from the top of your library. You just really just, just need anything that, General. Just anything that has yeah a little bit more of that.
2: Just give us something that we can't already do. Yeah. All right. The last the last General we're going to talk about and that we know about so far is uh, Caseto, Orachi Archmage. Caseto, Caseto. You say Caseto. I say Caseto i just play it on my VCR instead. Cassedo, Cassedo, Arachi, Archmage. Archmage? Archmage? I don't know. I don't care. I am just screwing... <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure I'll get yelled at. Anyway, one, uh, a blue and a green. Orochai, Archmage. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so, three mana for a 2-2 Snake Wizard. Has an activated ability. Place uh green and a blue. Target creature can't be blocked this turn. If that creature is a snake... It gets plus two, plus two until out of turn. Snake tribal baby. So uh, snake tribal until now was basically mono green, uh-huh. but now we get blue, which is actually huge because blue is the card draw color and also yep. the proliferate color, which goes with infect, which infect wants unblockable. We talked infect, about this already. There are. I looked it up. There snakes. are a lot of snakes that have infect. Of course, the original creatures that gave poison counters, yeah, were snakes, uh-huh. which uh, is great. Um, this card's yeah. sweet. This card is pretty good, actually. It's
1: another Craig Blanchett card. It's freaking just ready to be Snake Treble Infect. Maybe I'll
2: just build a Snake Treble Infect deck for like $3 and play it every <laughs> I think and there's and something to be said for just not even worrying too much about the snake part and just being like, I have unblockability on a stick and I'm playing the colors that have Infect True. and Proliferate. You'd also play like Fassa... Yeah, uh, and other cards like that.
1: Yeah. But it gets plus two, plus two if it's a snake.
2: No, I mean, you put the infect snakes in there, but you just don't put normal snakes that aren't infect in there. No, you definitely don't, unless yeah. they have something uh, going for them. Um, I mean, Snake Tribal's a thing, too. So this is just a Snake Tribal deck, also. Yeah, there's not a card necessarily like, Infect. There's like Auron
1: Viper, which is one green, green. It's a one three snow creature snake. And whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you can draw a card. There you go. So it's kind of got, you would put Edric in this deck as well, because mm-hmm. you're just getting creatures through. Um, Yeah, be a lot of fun. I'll build an infect deck finally. It'll be with the snake wizard. Actually, no, it's not Wizard. I'm a doing Azuri. It with Azuri. Yeah. Who <laughs> 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 are we kidding? <laughs> I mean, maybe you stick Caseto in there, but mm, maybe. Actually, no, Casado's really good in Azuri because yeah. I think uh, just another way to make him block ability.
2: And gives an experience counter. Yeah, because it's, it's a two-two. two. two. Yep. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Okay.
1: That's the uh that, those are the ten commanders that we know from the set so far. Really exciting
2: stuff. Um, there's some really good cards in here. Really good stuff. Really good stuff. Uh I I think Azuri's borderline too powerful. Yes, I agree. I, I think I think Daxos and Mizzix are both very powerful. Marin too. Yeah. Sorry, Boros. Well, you know, someone could win a Commander deck. Come up with something awesome. Super awesome. I mean, if you come up with an idea that makes me actually want to build a Boros deck, you automatically win. Yeah, Josh will actually send himself to your house to give
1: you a high five. (laughs) He promised that to me before we started the podcast. It's not
2: true. (laughs) Don't listen to Jimmy.
1: Okay, so we have... He's drunk. <laughs> I'm wasted on cards. Till one back with me, dog. The power level is real. Uh, before we start, I'm going to see if it's been spoiled yet, and uh, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> so the next uh, mechanic of series of cards, uh, there are five total, but we can know, we only know four of them so far. Is yeah, this m- is
2: like the new mechanic, yeah. or the new keyword, I guess, because experience counter is kind of a mechanic. Yeah. Um, They've done sort of this for every set. So join forces... Was yeah, one point. of them. Um, what else do we have? Uh, Join forces. Good enough. Um, <laughs> this one's Myriad. So Myriad reads, whenever this creature attacks for each opponent other than the the defending player, you may put a token that's a copy of this creature onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking that player or a planeswalker he or she controls. Exile the tokens at the end of the combat. This is a little complicated. What happens is I attack, let's say there are four players, mm-hmm. me, Jimmy, and two others. I have a creature with Myriad. I attack Jimmy with it. Why? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop, stop. I get copies. Why are you swinging at me, dude? <laughs> I get copies attacking the other two players. So now I have one copy of that creature attacking all three players, although only the one with Myriad, the original one, mm-hmm. will still be there after combat because you exile the tokens at end of combat. Yeah. So it's interesting. It, it sort of gets rid of the whole, like, who
1: should I swing at first uh, thing because it's yeah, going to come at everyone um it also might
2: just make enemies with everyone too yeah this normally this type of effect is not actually as good as it sounds because attacking everyone at once is actually kind of dumb like let's imagine that you're i don't know germany and for some reason you decide that i'm gonna go ahead and rage war with belgium france and the uk all at once you know people oh wait n- they tried that in world war one it didn't work out good you know people named germany belgium and
1: france <laughs> what a cool group of dudes and do that <laughs> wow so you don't usually
2: want to fight a war on like that many fronts yeah unless you're do- getting something out of it um yeah we'll talk a little bit about that but let's talk about this so it's a cycle each color has one uh creature mm-hmm. with myriad um Right I'm, now we don't. I don't want re- to read each one. So let's just go through keywords. Like sure. the white one is a four-four flying vigilance with myriad. The blue one is a three-three. But when it deals combat damage to a player, you draw a card. Okay. So that one you could maybe find an opening where I'm going to attack this person, and I'll also attack hit with. You know, one other person can't block it, and so I'll draw two cards.
1: Yeah, actually, the nice thing about Brewbirth Viper is that it doesn't have Death Touch, right? So if someone can block it easily because it's just a 3-3, they will. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the person that does hit, you get to draw a card off it. So that actually kind of minimizes the impact of Myriad because no one's going to be pissed at you for doing it. They just block and nothing happens. They block it, yeah, but they
2: do see you draw cards. So it's kind of like, hmm, that's a little powerful over there. Uh, Banshee of the Dread Choir is a 4-4 with myriad, and when it deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, this one this will make no one happy. <laughs> that was just yeah, that was just gonna make yeah. people mad. And then War Chief Giant is a five three with haste and myriad. Oh. So that's just the aggro one. Yeah, no thanks. uh
1: It's cool though. All the art on all of these has the creature, and then it has two copies of it, uh, sort of in like a ghostly form oh out like they're splitting up yeah, yeah they're, splitting right. up, they're going on yeah. matrix yeah warchief giant the Ooh. copies all have different weapons too which is kind of cool
2: wait this yeah this keyword should have totally been matrix yeah um I'm we gonna, don't
1: matrix <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe maybe it's not it doesn't fit in flavor but it would be sweet and it's all just different uh drawings of keanu yeah <laughs> oh my gosh just keanu from different movies <laughs> <Yeah>. too. <laughs> so he's like from speed that's not even from the matrix yeah. whatever why is he constantine um we don't know the green one I'm going to guess it. Yeah, okay. Wait, wait. Let me think here. So what? I think it's got to do with ramp,
1: right? I think it just has trample. It just has trample. I'm going to go super high power level. It's going to be three green green. It's going to be a four four myriad. Uh, it's You're getting a, really specific. It's going to be a bore. Okay. Uh,
2: <laughs> do you know what the card is? Like I'm lo- Yeah. I cheated somehow?
1: And whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you may search your library for a basic land card and put it into the play tapped. Oh, when it deals combat damage, combat damage. doesn't yeah. have trample? No trample. If it had trample, that would be absurd. It has trample.
2: Basic land, basic land. It's doable. It's pro. It's it's possible. Actually, yours. I like yours better than mine. Mine's what, boring. What was yours? Mine was. It just has trample. It's just like a five. Oh, five right. with
1: trample. Or maybe it'll gain life too. Green Green likes doing that. He usually doesn't have life link. Every time it deals, con- let's make it as busted as possible. Every time it deals combat damage, destroy target enchant enchantment. Target player controls. <laughs> just any enchantment and it has trample so they can't even really yeah. block every it every time it deals combat damage essentially cast beast within on something <laughs> um, realistic
2: of, Real, we're, uh, thank you for the 12 play Jim email we're about to get Jimmy out
1: of the bet all of all these Broodbirth viper is by far the best
2: uh, yeah I think so it's liable to make people the least mad and do the b- most good for you
1: yeah a 3-3 three, three is not
2: that intimidating if it's not hitting everyone you know if people can just block it so that is the myriad cycle. There's also a card, and this may be the single most um, talked about card yet, yeah. at least besides the generals. It definitely is. This card is. This card's a little bit insane. So it is blade of selves. It's Go a, home. You're it's, drunk. a <laughs> it's a two drop artifact. Oh, my my accent's getting bad. Um, <laughs> it costs four to equip. So that seems insane, but equipped creature has myriad. Oh, whatever. It's just myriad. Oh, wait. So quick... let's just say you did something. I don't know, like put it on a mole drifter, which is pretty. Like that's not even shooting the moon here. <laughs> and then I attack Jimmy with my Mold drifter, and then the other three players, I get to bring in a copy of mole drifter and draw six cards. It doesn't even matter if it hits them. Yep. Enter the battlefield
1: effects uh, with blade of selves. Is insane. Insane. Yeah, it, myriad because it's they're entering the battlefield. Yep. They come into play, so uh, I, we tweeted
2: Craterhoof Behemoth. Craterhoof Behemoth is insanity because just one is enough. Imagine if you made three more. Well, sometimes every once in a while, and this is rare, you'll have Craterhoof in your hand, but you'll be like, "Crap, I only have two creatures." So if I play it, then it's just plus three, plus three, and trample. It's not that great. Yeah. Well, if you've got, if you've got uh, Blade of Selves, and also by the way, Craterhoof has haste. So yeah, you play it. Let's say you only have three creatures, and you're playing in a game with five people. You play Crater Hoof. It gives everything plus four, plus four. Then you attack. It drops four more Crater Hoof behemoths into play. Yep. And they each give everything plus eight, plus eight. Yeah. So that's plus 32... <laughs> On top of the plus four, that's plus 36 and trample to all eight of your creatures. You kill everyone. like, And that's just with innocuous board of three creatures.
1: Yeah, that's insane. There's also like a weird situation where you could play Hoof early and be like, ah, I can't do anything with it. Mwah. And then you play Blade of Cells in the qubit and be like, I can do everything. I kill everyone. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: that will not happen very often. Blade of Cells is absurd. This card, I think, is the best card in the entire set.
2: This can go in so many decks. It's kind of like... Right of Replication, mm-hmm. but it's colorless. Yeah. And, and repeatable. Repeatable.
1: Uh, Jeez. I would play Masterwork of Ingenuity in this deck just to have another Blade of Selves. Yeah, it's pretty right? good. Right? It's like you... It's the
2: kind of thing you just play, like Steel Shaper's Gift, even if it's the only uh, equipment in yeah, your deck. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's... It's, it's like an... Skull Clamp for
1: a, a token deck. You yeah. just have to have it if, if you're like a value deck with Enter the Battlefield effects.
2: Yeah, that, that card may be borderline too powerful. We will see. Just um, maybe. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, There's another Cycle and once again we only know four of the five at this point yep uh this is the
1: confluence cycle they are instants or sorceries they all cost uh oh i'm sorry they cost four three no they cost five or six or four mana they're all different i thought there was like i thought they're gonna be the same as the yeah uh, the the mana cost is 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 very just don't listen to what i'm saying uh the pattern so far is that they all have two of the color that they are in they're all monocolored And these all say choose three, and you may choose the same mode more than once. So we've seen modal spells in the past, ones that say choose one, uh, like like Tromoka's command, or choose two, like Cryptic Command. Um, Confluence is choose three, and they
2: are all very powerful. Well, and unlike Cryptic Command, you can't choose the same mode twice. Yes. Where on the confluences, you can choose the same mood up to three times. So, well, let's read one.
1: Righteous Confluence. It is the white version. Three white, white for a sorcery. Choose three. You may choose the same mode more than once. The first mode is put a 2 white knight creature token with Vigilance onto the battlefield. Uh, the second mode is Exile Target Enchantment. And the third mode is you gain five life.
2: So you can choose three of these in any combination. So you can gain 15 life or you can gain 10 life in exile and exile an artifact or you can make... Enchantment. Or sorry, exile yeah. enchantment. Or you can make two... Two, 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 2 Vigilant Knights and gain five life. Like...
1: You get it. The flexibility is great here. Uh, Five mana also for just exiling three enchantments is pretty
2: good. Not bad. I mean, we play Return to Dust, which basically does two. For four It does do artifacts also, but... Yeah,
1: it's also an instant if you don't cast it during your main phase. Yeah. Um,
2: I mean, I'm just saying, like, it is similar, and and sometimes just gaining 15 life. Yeah. Here's the thing with enchantments,
1: though, is that you're okay killing enchantments at sorcery speed, usually. That's true. Yeah. It's not like uh, something you have to immediately get rid of unless the player just goes off. But, I mean, usually you have the chance to get rid of someone's, like, Sylvan Library. You know, just there's lots of stuff out there that just sits and gains a player advantage over the whole game that you want to have answers for. And this card is, I think, I like this card a lot.
2: Yeah, Um, I think this card's okay. I I, I like the concept of the confluences. I don't think this is the best one. I'm literally
1: only playing this to have Exile 3 enchantments. Yeah,
2: that's. and that may be worth it. Um, Yeah. The, the blue the go ahead.
1: I was gonna say the nice thing about this too is like cards like decimate where you have to choose different targets and if you don't have enough you can't play it. This you will no matter what always be able to at least exile one thing. If there's nothing to exile, then you still have it can still do yeah, something. Yeah, you can for just you. gain yeah. life.
2: Yeah, that's true. The blue one is Mystic Confluence. It's three and two blue for uh same thing. Choose three, you may choose the same mode more than once. You have a choice between counter target spell, unless it's controller plays three, so if mana leak. Uh, return target creature to its owner's hand. Ooh. So that is uh, unsummon and draw a card. And also, this one's an instant, obviously, because it has counter spell on it. So it's Jace's Ingenuity. This is kind of cryptic command E. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't always counter the spell because they have to not have three mana available. But, and stay with me here, if they have five mana available, you can choose that mode twice. Yeah. And still counter the spell and draw a card. So it kind of can be cryptic command. Mm-hmm. I think this one's actually very good. And just return three creatures to their owner's hand can occasionally win you the game as an instant. Agreed. This is actually really sweet. Yeah. This seems like one of the more powerful counter
1: spells ever because for five mana, it can pretty much counter anything because you can make
2: something have to pay nine extra. Yeah, worst case scenario, it just counters something unless they've got nine mana. This card is really sweet in Mizzix of the Magnus. And very often you're going to go counter that, draw two cards. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Oh, gosh. That's better than Cryptic Commands. Um, I gotta be honest too. I don't run Cryptic Command in like five color decks because three blue is just too tough. It is tough, yeah. Yeah, but two blue is fine. So I would definitely run Cryptic Command if it was say two and two blue. And this is three and two blue. It's close.
1: Yeah, I, I like this card a lot. Yeah. Um, we do not know the uh, black version. Do you want to predict? Uh, let's read the other ones first. Okay. Fiery Confluence. This is mine. This is it. Oh, by the way, all the art on these are also very similar. It's a a mage or a wizard in a circular formation, and it's being cast out in three directions from there. Looks
2: them. a little like the new Snapcaster Mage. Yeah, a little, little bit. Yeah. Might be the same artist. I, I have no idea because I'm not going to zoom in that far.
1: It is the same artist for all four of these. Probably the fifth one. Probably the fifth That's one. That's my prediction. Same it's, artist. Same artist? Yeah. it's a good prediction. <laughs> it's not. I drew it. Uh, Fiery Confluence 2 and Red Red for a sorcery. Choose three. You may choose the same mode more than once. The first mode is Fiery Confluence deals one damage to each creature. Or fiery confluence deals two damage to each opponent or destroy a target artifact. So red likes wrecking artifacts. That's cool. Um, four mana do six damage to each opponent. Okay. Four mana do three
2: damage to each creature. That's kind of crappy. Mm,
1: four mana destroy three artifacts. That's pretty good. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, the destroy three artifacts, there's always going to be mana rocks and stuff to destroy. Yeah. You know, with like Pyromancer's goggles, you could do uh 12 damage to everybody that's pretty for good four mana yeah that's pretty good um if i don't it, know it's this only card okay did, yeah. i wish it did if it did two damage if the if the mode was two damage to each creature mm-hmm. so that this could do six damage to everything why would that be overpowered wrath of god just kills everything for four mana yeah it's true so um, I wish that first mode was two damage to each creature. Then it would be way better. Yeah,
1: which basically says, unless you have ways of copying this and playing it another version of it at the same time, it's not really the best.
2: Yeah, it's not great. Um, But if you are in a deck, like you said, uh, Mizix may want something like this because he's going to have a lot of ways to copy things. Mm-hmm. And you'll just get an experience counter and maybe just destroying three artifacts is not bad. Yeah, not bad. Uh, The green one is Verdant Confluence. I think this one's really good. It's four and two uh, green. So it's the most expensive, although we don't know the black one again. Uh, Choose three. Put two 1-1 counters on target creature. Return target permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. Hmm? Search your library for a basic land card. Put it onto Battlefield Tapped, then shuffle your library. So we got regrowth. uh, We've got... What is that? It's not Kodama's reach. It's um, rampant growth. Yes, and then you've got what's put two one with twenty hours. Okay, my analogies are not working out. But anyway. <laughs> um, The second two modes are definitely good. Regrowth is very strong. I play that in almost every Triple regrowth. So just being able to be like, oh, I get these two cards back Mm -hmm. from my graveyard, and then I put a basic land into play, pretty good. I think this is really, really good in five-color decks. Yeah, because every once in a while, you're like, I just fixed my mana. Yeah, I think that's really important. Although five-color decks don't have a lot of basic lands.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I usually try and run one each, Um, but
2: definitely three color it's very good yeah
1: i like this card a lot just regrowth because is just strong just triple regrowth, regrowth for six man is great yep. eternal witness gets you one
2: card for three man this gets you three for six yeah I'm although in. the the eternal witness can is reusable but what one of those cards is eternal witness i'll make this reusable too well, yeah no. sure one of these cards is candy. here's what you do verdant confluence e-witness you e- get e-witness and something else back then you play e-witness get confluence back
1: you get e-witness and
2: green war of the marasa that you did in exile when it died there you go <laughs> And then you play Witness, get Confluence back. Play Marasa, get something else. Like you could, you could set up a loop where you're just basically anything that goes to your graveyard, you can get yeah. back. Throw a, a mother of Mother of Den Protector. No,
1: I like Mother of Runes. Mother of Runes. You don't want Mother of Runes. You want a maternal Witness. That's it. There you want. go. Oh yeah, Den Protector. Yep. yeah.
2: No, I want Mother of Runes. What are too. you talking about?
1: That card's great uh what is the black version of it it is uh something okay. one something is confluence. return
2: a creature card from your graveyard to your hand okay um one is a drain effect yep um, i agree with that your opponents all lose one life and you gain that much life maybe i'm going for two. Two? two two oh wow that's a lot yeah
1: because fiery confluence deals two damage to each opponent but you don't gain the life so. i mean so what you know <laughs> <laughs> okay. maybe it just says you gain two life you know instead of for each instead of you drain everyone you just Everyone loses two life and you gain two.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, I could go with that. Um, what's the third one?
1: It's got to be destroy something or it's going to be like draw a card, lose a life kind of thing.
2: I mean, it's crazy to say like destroy target non-black creature because that's just way more powerful than destroy an yeah. artifact or enchantment. Um, you think it's a sorcery and instant? I think it's sorcery. It's probably a sorcery. Mm. Uh, each player discards a card maybe? Ooh,
1: Yeah. It's the Liliana. Yeah, each player discards a card. Each player loses two life, and you gain two life.
2: And Return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand? Battlefield. No. Battlefield? That's way too strong. <laughs> I got to dream big, man. Sometimes you got to dream a little bigger, Josh. Uh, okay, uh, well, by the time you're listening to this, this card will have been spoiled, and we're going to look either very smart or only slightly less smart.
1: I prefer to think that we're
2: going to look very smart,
1: Josh. <laughs> okay let's talk about some other exciting cards uh we've covered basically the highlights I yeah think. we can't
2: talk about every single one
1: yeah we can't talk about every single one so we're just going to choose a couple of these that we like um obviously we can't spend the entire time talking about right of the raging storm i know guys it is all the rage right now
2: <laughs> we talked about it for like half an episode so if you go back one episode you can hear everything we say about our card right of the raging storm also look for the prequel soon, which is Left of the Raging Storm. Yeah, Left of the Raging Storm.
1: Yeah. And it's, because uh, right is spelled R-I-T-E here. Left is like L-E-P-H-T. <laughs> left <laughs> of the Raging Storm. Where'd he go, he left? Yeah, someone said it was like the mingle-malingo yeah. <laughs> of the <laughs> Raging Storm, which I thought was very... It's
2: like the, everybody gets an O-4. Yeah. Oh, God. That's As it. Defender, you yeah, still have to sacrifice it.
1: <laughs> 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 All right
2: uh <laughs> okay i'll go first with sure. the uh, other cards we're going to talk about command beacon so this oh, yeah. is the only land spoiled so far uh that's new um it's a land you can tap it to add a colorless or you can tap and sacrifice command beacon and then you can put your commander into your hand from the command zone sweet so it's a way around commander tax one time Uh huh. unless in... you have a way to get your lands back Oh, that's a good point. If you've got Crucible or Life Titania or anything, yeah. Um, yeah, then you can sort of skip commander attacks, which I think is really important because mm-hmm. a lot of problems that generals have is that if they die once or twice and they're in certain colors, no- notably those that don't have green, it can be very hard to get up to the amount of mana to cast them again. Yeah. Um, I can see this being a, a staple depending on your meta.
1: Yeah, I think Command Beacon is really sweet. Yeah. It depends on your deck. Yeah. Again, if my five color deck's not gonna play this because I rarely play the general. Right. Um, but man, this is cool.
2: Yeah, if you're very reliant on your general and you don't have a ton of mana rampy stuff in the deck, or it just doesn't have ways to get up to the ten, twelve mana, yeah, then this this is really good. Or if you
1: find that your general you play like Omnath and everyone just immediately kills it, you know, this is just a great way to
2: Get him back. You know, it, it seems really sweet. Um This is really good in Joira, cause is in again, mm-hmm. red and blue don't have a lot of great ramp Wait, so what happens is she gets killed twice and you're like, geez, how am I yeah. ever gonna get up to seven mana? And if I do, by that time, I'm not like I'm gonna have to suspend things for four turns. So really the game's not gonna go thirteen turns, so I can't win anymore.
1: Yeah. Command Beacon's really cool. I like this card a lot. Yeah. Um the next card that I want to talk about is the I'm going to talk about Pathbreaker Ibex. Oh, yeah. Uh, also known as Crater Goat Behemoth. Crater Goat Behemoth. It's a creature goat for four and a green green. It's a three three. Whenever Pathbreaker Ibex attacks, creatures you control gain trample and get plus X plus X until end of turn where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. Um, I don't understand the flavor. Uh, it's like a goat runs really fast at someone, and then like everyone's like, yeah. And they look towards the biggest guy, and he's like, you can be as big as me now. That was a good story. It was a great story. I
2: don't know the flavor either. Also, this
1: 3-3 is like breaking through like bamboo. It's not At the very least, impressive. all your
2: creatures get plus three, plus three, because that's the yeah. Pathbreaker. Uh, this is cool, though, man. And trample. Like another
1: overrun creature, and this mm-hmm. guy's hardcore. Look at this thing. I
2: think it's good. It costs six mana. Yeah. It doesn't have haste. You know, Craterhoof is so good because of the haste.
1: Yeah. I mean, if your deck just wants to run stuff over, Pathbreaker is like a greater... Is not greater. It's like a, a nice option in case you don't dry your Craterhoof. Uh, yeah. if you just need more of that overrun effect. I think this is a really nice one. If you can, if you have like universal haste and Um mm-hmm. uh, it's also a goat. That's why I put it on this list.
2: Bah. Bah. Is that a sheep or a goat? That was a sheep. Okay, I don't really know the bah. difference. I don't know what that was either. That was a goat. Wait, do sheep? Bah. Okay, do goat? Bah. <laughs> <laughs> I used <laughs> to live across when I was growing
1: up. It's... Actually... <laughs> I don't know if that's the right goat. I know the screaming goats like. Mah! Yeah, I was gonna say goats kind of sound like people.
2: I've heard, I've seen that video where the goats really sound like people. Yeah,
1: I used to grow up uh, when I was in Seattle. And I grew up, I was right next to a farm, and there was a goat there once. And I would look over the fence and go like Mah! at it, and it would back. And I would just sit there doing
2: it for like half an hour. Wow, there wasn't a lot to do uh, in your in your neighborhood. No. I stayed at home a lot. Yeah, I played cards. That was, that was two cool goat stories, everybody, if you're counting. Yeah. Those <laughs> um, Bastion Protector was one I had on the list. It's two and a white for a 3-3. Three, three. So it's already pretty good. Three mana, 3-3. Three, three. It says, commander creatures you control get plus two, plus two, and have Indestructible. That's ridiculous. It's pretty... That's awesome. awesome. It's pretty good, and you can play it in advance of your commander, and mm-hmm. then if they want to kill your commander, they have to kill the Bastion Protector first, unless, of course, they exile or yeah. bounce or whatever, but still, it's very, very good. It's I like
1: think. a Mother of Runes that's good for uh, creatures that want to attack a lot. It's like a what? Um, sorry. Mother of Runes! <laughs> 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 uh,
2: the funny to... thing is, to talk that loud, you have to lean so far back really from the mic. Back. Mother of runes! it's the mother of rins (laughs) if it's not scottish it's crap yeah i like this card a lot this Um, card is very good i think and because there's so many games where the the commander is so central to what you're doing mm -hmm. that the only thing you need is for the commander not to die yeah i agree and this just puts a layer that's hard to get through yep um next card is gigantoplasm
1: three in a blue creature shapeshifter look at the art for one I mean, holy moly. It's kind of awesome, the <laughs> it art. It looks like it's freaking uh, Monsters Incorporated gone, like, bad.
2: Yeah, it's like Monsters Incorporated chasing a goblin who's chasing a minion from, uh... <laughs> it's so bizarre. <laughs> it's the Thiblethib. Also,
1: Mizics... Uh, uh, the Thiblethib? yeah. Mizics is the guy in the flavor text, so I like it even more. It's three in the blue. It's a creature shapeshifter. You may have Gigantoplasm. Enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield. So I guess it is copying the low guy in the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, except it gains... Uh, X. This creature has base power and toughness X slash um, X. Mizik says, "I appreciate things that exceed expectations," which is great because you'll notice that the X ability is permanent. It doesn't. It's not until end
2: of turn. It's yep. not like a, yep.
1: a, what's the mirror entity.
2: Right, if you pay 10, then it's a 10-10 from then on. Yeah. Until Uh, you pay something else. We tweeted a little bit about this. The cool thing about
1: this is if someone plays like Austere Command, uh, saying only killing creatures with power of toughness, four or greater, you can tap one mana, make this a 1-1, and it dodges a board Quickly respond to it. Yeah.
2: You also can, for free, just make it a 0-0. Yeah. Make X-0, and so you can... Trigger abilities like when this creature dies or mm-hmm. when it leaves play at instant speed. Revelark is one of the uh, things that people have pointed out to us. Yeah. Uh, Nevermaker is a decent one. Yeah, uh, you you talked about Kokusho, which is actually I think a pretty good one, even though the legendary rule applies. Well, you can kill if the original Kokusho too. Yeah, or yeah. you can kill your original one and keep leave this one, one out, yeah. and then at instant speed at any time you can gain five life and drain everybody for five, or sorry, gain twenty life or whatever it is. Sorry, Kokusho yeah. is way better than that, but
1: yeah clones are some of my favorite cards in edh because if your deck is monocolored or just doesn't have as many colors as someone else's you just get to have access to some of the best creatures in the game mm-hmm. you can make a children
2: you can make a profit of crew you know it's pretty good it's i want great. a profit of crew fix that can be a 12 12 it seems like a good <laughs> seems pretty you know your profit of crew yeah i have one but mine's a 12 12 yeah yeah that's pretty good um the next card might be my second favorite card after Blade of Selves, not counting the commander. BDM's new favorite card. This card's very good, and I think people are underestimating like how good it is in just every deck. It's absurd. It's Arachnogenesis. So it's two and a green for an instant, three mana. Put X one, two green spider tokens with reach onto the battlefield, where X is the number of creatures attacking you. Hmm. Prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn by non-spider creatures. So your spider... Basically, they they attack you with 10 dudes. You cast this. You make 10 1-2 spiders with reach, and then it also fogs all their creatures, but your spiders still do damage. Wow. People are sort of... They're not really... I think they're thinking too much about this. Yes, it's great that your spiders may eat some of their creatures, that's not going to happen too often. They're twos, right? Yeah, Whether they it's... have reach. You can you can stack block or whatever, but, but it doesn't matter because you fogged them. They're not doing any damage to you. And they tapped out. And you just made 10 one for three freaking mana. <laughs> they have reach, too. They can block the craziest creatures in the game. Like, this is severely under to me. Like, yeah. a fog is a one and a green. Mm-hmm. So for one more mana, I just sometimes get, like, 4 to 20 spiders. <laughs> Yeah, this card's a really cool. I mean, this is gonna be like like think of those token games where like like let's say somebody does something insane like hey, I zealous conscripts my Kiki Jiki mm-hmm. and I make an arbitrary number of Zealous Conscripts and you're like fine and then they go attack you and you go, Okay, arachnogenesis, arbitrary number of spiders on my turn, I kill you. Yeah. I think this card's absurdly powerful. Every green deck, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, unless you're meta, no one is ever attacking anyone. That's true. If if you never die in creature combat, then then I wouldn't. But besides that, and that's pretty rare, this yeah. is just like... Because fogs are already playable. Yep. Like, so many games are decided by combat, too. Like, yeah. By like rarely. one dude swinging at you for 50, or else... Fifty dudes swinging at you with craterhoof behemoth. Yeah, you know? and either way, if any, if you get to have another
1: turn to do something, even if you are drawing, you have to draw your out or whatever, it's still better than just
2: dying. Even without the spiders, it's often good because what happens is they go in for the kill, you fog, and now everyone has a chance because they go oh, because usually to kill somebody to k them to ko them, you have to make some big move, mm-hmm. put craterhoof behemoth out, or you know do some sort of sequence of events where you make a hundred tokens, and then all in that same turn you use them and if you can go fog now all of a sudden everybody sees the threat and they can turn and go well okay at wrath yeah you know and so fogs are just good this one just sometimes makes 20 spiders uh, this is insane to me i love this card
1: i'm all in <laughs> going an evergreen deck i don't play enough fogs as is so yeah. i'm definitely gonna play this one uh Skullwinder is my next choice uh it's a snake two and a green Oh, yeah. One three snake combo and, uh, that's yeah that's about it uh, it has death touch it says whenever Skullwinder enters the battlefield return target card from your graveyard to your hand then choose an opponent that player returns a card from his or her graveyard to his or her hand uh now people may be like i don't want my opponents getting cards i'm let's say i'm playing a mono green deck or i'm playing green blue and i don't have access to a card like path to exile and my opponent has already used it and they're like something has happened I'm like, oh
2: guys, can anyone respond to this? And was like, I I use my thing, man, Skullwinder. Very often you are in a position where, yeah, if I'll give you that card back for a specific purpose, and they'll agree to it because why not? Mm-hmm. And so you basically are getting your own path to exile in that scenario. Just somebody else is casting it. Yeah. So which now is I got great. two cards out of my graveyard, basically. Um, yeah, I really like that thinking. I think people again they're just thinking of only the downside. But if politically you can use this too, you can be like, hey. You know, I can choose any of you who's yeah. gonna, who's willing to like not attack me or help me out, and then you're like, okay, I'll get, I'll do you. And sometimes so. players only have lands in their graveyard. You know, yeah, if true. it's early or they have nothing in their graveyard because
1: someone bogged them. You know, so you there are ways that Skullwinder. I think Skullwinder is much more versatile than people give a credit for. Yeah, and yeah. not many people have talked about it, so I don't think people really. <laughs> there's not like, oh, no one likes Skullwinder kind of thing. It's it's still a sweet card. I think uh, I think it's in in decks that don't have enough regrowth effects. This is a great a great one.
2: There are definitely going to be times where Skullwinder is actually better than Eternal Witness because you'd rather get somebody else a card out of their graveyard than yourself. Yeah, totally. So it gives you that flexibility. For sure. I like it. Um, there's one that got spoiled like right before we, we started recording. Oh, my gosh. And it's very good. Um, it's the called, art's really cool, too. Yeah, the art's sweet. It's called Thief of Blood. It's four and two black for a vampire. One, one. So it's a six man and one, one. The, Boo. Boo. Alarm bells should be ringing. Uh, it does have flying, so I guess it's a six-mana 1-1 flyer. It says, as Thief of Blood enters the battlefield, remove all counters from all permanents. Thief of Blood enters the battlefield with a 1-1 counter on it for each counter removed this way. Whoa. So it doesn't remove experience counters because players no. are not permanents, but it does just merc all Planeswalkers. Yep, it
1: murks Beastmaster Ascensions. It... It... Animars it kill it, but yeah, it just and Maris and merits. Gaves, yeah. Uh,
2: you know, it doesn't Merc Crash, but it just gimps cards like Crash. Yeah, it. There's a lot of one-one counters in general in uh, Commander, so there's oftentimes it's just gonna either severely cripple or else. Actually, kill a whole bunch of stuff and then be huge. Yeah, cards like Luminarch Ascension too that have counters
1: on it. So Thief of Blood is really cool. Also, if you have a the Vivid Lands, the Vivid Lands. If you have a Dark Depths out, it will get rid of all those immediately
2: as well. Make it a twenty twenty or whatever. This is a very good card. Uh, It just seems like the kind of card that like no one sees coming too. Like somebody's sitting over there happy and they've got their three Planeswalkers and the entire like there's nothing anybody can do. You know, it kills Ugin immediately. Yeah, and you're just like boom, take all the counters off all that stuff. Yeah. And by the way, I have a twenty-seven, twenty-seven flyer. It's card sweet. Yeah, I think it's very good. Um, another card they want. Somehow won. this is an uncommon. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. That could have been a general. <laughs> How is that an uncommon? Oh man, as a general, it's just so broken. Yeah. Um, Deadly Tempest is a black card they wanted to talk about because it's a board wipe for black. It's four black black destroy all creatures. Each player loses life equal to the number of creatures he or she controlled that were destroyed this way.
2: Hey, uh, John Stone. I think he said he had a hand in. I don't know if this is 100% his, but he had a hand in designing this card. My buddy from high school, again. Nice.
1: It, that, I mean, this card is just cool. It's, it's, it drains people for life, but it's also a, a board wipe in black that I think is a pretty
2: powerful board wipe. Six mana board wipe, and it just happens to have the random upside of severely hurting or KOing people who have a lot of creatures. Yeah. Yeah, I like it.
1: Uh, we should probably talk about Magus of the Wheel, too. Oh,
2: yeah, Magus of the Wheel. I totally forgot about it. Yeah, it's... there's a
1: new wheel card
2: oh man how did i forget or a new this magus card? of the sorry because this is this card is a i guess a functional reprint of uh, yeah they did all maguses of a lot of the old cards like mm-hmm. magus of the moat and magus of the um, disc yeah and for so never in the Nevermills disc yep yeah, so this is a, for wheel of fortune it's two and a red for a three three these three mana three threes are just pretty good anyway this yeah. is like the bastion uh protector protector yeah. i mean price wise um you can pay two red and tap and sacrifice Magus of the Wheel, and each player discards his or her hand then draws seven cards, so it's I exactly Wheel of Fortune when you activate it. That's
1: sweet. By the way, it doesn't come into play tap, so if you have a haste enabler in red, you can just do it immediately.
2: I like this card.
1: Yeah, I like the card a lot, too. Because I, knew you'd I like love it.
2: Wheel of Fortune. Oh, I feel so sad that I forgot, that I didn't write it down on the list. I was Thanks just for looking saving through,
1: me. and I saw this really buff dude pointing at a wheel, and I was like, oh, This guy has
2: to be related to uh, Victor, right?
1: Uh, yeah, like his, like, skinnier, more or cousin.
2: <laughs> maybe they're not related, but they work out together. Yeah. Enthralling Victor and Megas of the Wheel are, like, workout partners. Because, look at, this guy's got, like, a 14-pack.
1: I'm counting, I'm counting. Yeah, he does. Uh, So, there are tons of cards we didn't talk about. There are some really, st- I, I'm really excited for this commander set. I think they did a great job with the power level so far. It looks like it is very very powerful overall lots some, of a lot of staples. cool different exciting stuff yeah
2: yeah i like what i like what they've done uh there's some stuff that's so powerful that it's maybe borderline too powerful which is exciting yep um gotta yeah. push the format some way yeah it'll be really interesting to see how they fill out all these decks with um reprints and what kind of stuff we get i think there's definitely a lot to play with here a lot mm-hmm. to be excited about yep i am
1: super stoked i can't wait to talk about the full deck list when they come out and uh the Professor's coming to town in a couple of weeks when the oh, yeah. decks come out, and I think we're going to... In one s- week. In one week, we're all going to sit around and play these decks, and
2: it's going to be great. I can't wait to get first-hand experience playing them. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Time to move on to the end step, where we talk about something cool outside the world of Magic.
1: Well, at this point, it's over, but I thought we should mention that BlizzCon is last, was last weekend.
2: For us, it's actually tomorrow and the next day, but mm-hmm. for you, it'll have been last weekend. Uh excitingly lincoln Park is performing. I saw the Foo Fighters at BlizzCon. <laughs> BlizzCon uh, is it's huge. It's insane how big it is.
1: Yeah, I remember when uh and Blizzard's grown so much in the past few years too yeah. because it used to just be StarCraft, Warcraft and um uh and Diablo.
2: Right. And now it's got Overwatch and Hearthstone and Hearthstone is borderline bigger than everything except Warcraft now. Yeah. Um maybe bigger. And uh, maybe not. But like that's insane, right? That's really really cool. It's pretty crazy. Um yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of fun there last year, getting our our tails whooped at the BlizzCon brawl. <sighs> yeah. Oh, That's you okay. know, we'll link the video to uh, the this week in we will?
1: It's hilarious. It is funny. It is. The funny. ending is yeah, gets me crazy. every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So Josh and I will be back at BlizzCon. Uh, Gavin Verahe is there. Maybe we'll get a draft in. Uh, yeah, so is yep. Brian Kibler, the Dragon Master himself. I sent him a tweet
2: being like, let's draft Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't get to play him when we did the pre-release at Comic Con, so I'd right. like to play. I'd like to play against Kibler at some point. Yeah. I mean, I'll lose. Maybe. You're pretty good. Probably lose. I'm going to be. So you're bro. saying there's a chance? You're saying there's a chance. uh yeah, so Always I- like playing with Gavin, our buddy uh, Brian Tran. It's also, I just want to play Overwatch.
1: Yeah, you know, I want to play Overwatch as well. I want to
2: find some people we can kiss up to until we get in the beta for Overwatch, too. Uh, anyone listening that can help us out, just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> uh All right. Cool end
1: step. Yeah, very exciting. Uh, we we'll, uh make sure you watch the video that we recorded la- at last year's.
2: <laughs> it's great. It's pretty awesome. Um, it is pretty awesome. I think it's the only video not produced by Blizzard that's ever been on the Blizzard website or something like that, really? I remember hearing. Oh, yeah. wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm honored. Something oh like that, yeah, was, was the case.
1: Oh, big shout-out to Siobhan Slaughter, who uh, helped get us passes this year. Thank you, Siobhan. And uh, also was the one that helped organize our butts getting whooped. So th- yeah, thank you. That was still yeah, fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was an it experience. Was uh, I got an experience kind of off of it, right?
2: you got an experience counter get your butt whooped get one experience counter god that's a bad rate Uh, make sure to check out our sister podcast the masters of modern they talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic you can follow them on Twitter at the MMCast, or you can find their podcast, slash uh, the MMCast.
1: Our editor for the show is Terry Robertson. Special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the Living Card animations. You can find him online at Living Cards MTG, and you can check out all the animations for the show as well on our YouTube channel, where we put up video uh, for all the cards so you can read along the cards when we talk about them. Thanks to Terry doing a great job editing the show. Uh, you can find that at YouTube.com, the Command Zone Podcast. Alright everybody, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Peace!
0: Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to Commandcast at RocketJump.com. Or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Quai. See
2: you later, alligator.
0: Greetings, humans. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality,